three, two, one. Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop, Pollock Style Reviews, where you dish out the freshest takes on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spiciest bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palettes and diversify our playlists. So, for today's album review, we will be reviewing, well, first of all, let me just say, it is my birthday. Happy motherfucking birthday to me. This is the birthday review. So this is why we're not doing what was previously planned because I didn't remember it was my birthday till like two or three days ahead of time. But we were previously going to do a, a topic discussion, which we're actually going to save for next week. This week, we're going to do a review of an album I really, really like. Um, more, It's more so of an artist I really, really like. And this is like a pretty decent album by them, I believe. And the album is Come Over When You're Sober Part 1 by Lil Peep. Uh, Lil Peep was a SoundCloud rapper, one of like the SoundCloud rappers. Some, uh, if many people's SoundCloud, uh, what's the word? Uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, Peep is on it for most of them. Uh, he's uh, he's up there along with X and Juice World usually and something like that. So this is his debut, his label debut album, Come Over When You're Sober. Before this, he had mixtapes like Hellboy, which was very popular, and Cry Baby and Castles, a lot of mixtapes and EPs that gave him a lot of attention on SoundCloud. But this was his first label debut, was Come Over When You're Sober Part 1. Um, it's a pretty short track list. Uh, I believe it's seven or eight songs, pretty short track list. Kind of get in there and get out. Um, but I like it a lot because I believe... <clears throat> It creates a really nice vibe. It's kind of an, an essential peep package, I would say. Like, it doesn't have his best songs, but I also don't think it has his worst songs. I think overall, it's a pretty good idea of if you want to figure out what Lil Peep's about, you could get this small little package of it and they expand in more of his different types of styles as you get deeper into his SoundCloud. But overall, I really enjoy this album. Some of my favorite songs are on this and a lot of good lyrics. It's a lot of vibey, which I feel like you guys, some of you might not like just because it's almost pure vibes. It's not really any like rapping, rapping, but I like it a lot. It's a good feeling. It's fun to smoke, too. And if you're a sad boy, it's great. Alan, thoughts? <laughs> Mark, you are one of my very best friends in the world. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. And as one of my best friends, I need to be honest with you. I need to be honest. This is not my vibe. Just it that's all that I can I can really say. To me, I had heard this kind of when when it dropped, like you mentioned, Peep was huge on SoundCloud. And I I think he was just unavoidable back in the day. You mentioned him and him and X both were hugely impactful in that scene. Um, when you met me, like I would have told you my favorite band was the story so far. And I was really into kind of the, I mean, I still am into the emo rock scene, mm -hmm. which I think primed me to not be a huge peep fan just because I feel like what peep was bringing to the table felt really derivative, but didn't execute with like really clean guitars and really good instrumentals to me. There's a lot of like, I complain about Trap 808s a lot, that this album uses the same drum beat basically through the entire thing. Um, I I definitely think as a person, Peep is a lot more interesting to me mm -hmm. than the music is. I've noticed a lot of, that's the vibe with a lot of SoundCloud people, but for me, this is kind of not my jam. I might just be getting like I'm an older snooty emo or whatever, but it it wasn't for me. Uh, Milo, what did you think? So this is Milo live and in stereo. Happy birthday, Mark. <laughs> that said, this album is seven songs long with an average song length of about three minutes and a total listening time of 23 minutes and 30 seconds. Very quick. I listened to this album three times. I was considering it giving a fourth listen, but I decided not to. It's very easy to consume. You can literally like make a meal. And by the time you're done with the meal, depending on how big it is, it'll be over. It includes no theatrical elements, such as skits, spoken words, voicemails, or voice recordings. There are none of those. Finally, there's only one feature from someone I've never heard of, Lil Tracy. Don't know if that rings any bells. That's it for the breakdown. 
what this album has to offer for listeners in regard to technique are your typical emo emo goth boy vocals the down down and it early around like that warble blink 182 type beat this album is heavy on the singing which comes in the form of catchy refrains that sound like basically emo nursery rhymes all of what he has to say centers around misery, coping with heavy drug use and relationship struggles. So this is definitely not something you're going to be listening to at the beach on, on a sunny day, maybe at the beach if it's raining. That said, musically, Alan has the nose on the head. This music is pretty monotonous and in some parts just low quality. Each song is pretty much a deep, gritty guitar sample overlaid with sock drums. And the drums are about as basic as you can get, especially the hi-hats. One of the worst aspects of the production were the producer tags. In the first track, y'all remember Juan, right? Obviously you do. I, he went in on one project we did for having producer tags, and I'm definitely with him on that energy. That was one of the worst aspects of the production. And All in all, unless you can get into the guitar melodies, every song is going to sound pretty much just like the one before it. I don't like this album. I don't think it's trash. I think there's a good argument that the composition is really crappy. For instance, his vocals come off as whining and over the top, and the production, as I mentioned, is paint by the numbers. However, everyone expresses their emotions differently, which is a reflection of their personality, and not all personalities mesh. So whether it's a good album is really just going to boil down to each individual listener and whether they can make an emotional connection with Lil Peep. I didn't. So I walked away from this not enjoying it much. I could fully respect both of y'all's opinion. In fact, when I picked this album, I figured there was a good chance both y'all would like it. That being said, there's no way that I was going to be part of a hip-hop podcast where we never reviewed a Lil Peep project because he's one of my favorite artists. So, um, but I think all of your criticisms are very fair. Same monotonous, you know, um, 808s, um, same kind of whiny vocal. And uh, Milo, you hit it, the nail on the head with the whole, you know, kind of emo goth boy lyrics over misery and, you know, using drug use to cope with pain and specifically relationship pain to suicidal thoughts and all that. Um, and you said something really, really important at the end there, which was a lot of liking his music is going to be based on whether or not you can make an emotional connection with him. And for me, that was something very important with me and Lil Peep. During the time I found Lil Peep was, that's five years ago. So I even, I'll even admit, listening to this album now, it wasn't hitting the same for me. I'm in a much different, I'm not going to say necessarily better, but I'm in a very different place mentally. I'm older, so like a lot of that whiny golf boy emo shit doesn't hit as hard for me as when I was younger. And so it's just, it had a better vibe to me as a younger version of me i do think i'm and even then i was already on the older side of the kids who listen to this definitely on the older sin and so i think by now i'm definitely kind of past that sound that just be probably all of us are but i can still appreciate it where for me the vibe does hit and it hits almost perfectly um the 808 the way they come in the kind of spaciness and the kind of reverb of the whole thing it's an album that was really easy for me to get lost into and just kind of vibe out and pitch play real quick then it's over. And so it's a quick smoke break. It's always perfect. And so, um, yeah, I really appreciate it for that. But we could get into the track specifically. Alan, I know you said you did not like this overall, um, but was there a track that somewhat, you know, caught you? Well, if you asked me before we went back and reviewed this, I would have said the only song that I firmly remember at all was actually Awful Things. That was a single, the single. Yeah, I mean that makes sense that that would be kind of the one that I that I would remember. Mm -hmm. um, I would say for me to be like as positive as I can. The one the reason that I remember awful things is because it has a chorus that is memorable to me. Mm -hmm. It's when he says awful things, it sounds almost like a nursery rhyme to me, mm -hmm. and when I look back at Little Peep's career, like Awful Things is going to be one of the first songs that that comes up. But if I'm being honest, I don't feel like I I feel kind of weird criticizing this because for me, Peep represents very much a time. And I think that like and whether or not this is fair with a lot of artists who have passed, I think we put them in a box of saying he, you know, he was blowing up 2017 to that up until his death. And it's, 
I don't know. It's it's just felt. It's I don't know. It just felt like me going backwards to someone who, to a style of music that I kind of like. That, like you said, I was really more into back at that time. Mm -hmm. But even then, even then, when I was like really fucking with the story so far, heavy and stuff, I I don't know it. It just wasn't hitting for me. But the one thing I want to say about Awful Things is that it's a track that's memorable enough that even five years after, I can still remember the hook and I still like think of it. I just, to anyone out there who, if you were not a part of like SoundCloud during that time, I really want to make sure that you understand like Lil Peep is more, was more than just like the tracks that he made. And I think you met, you actually mentioned that a lot. But yeah, Awful Things, I would say, is my favorite song off the album. And then, actually, after the album wrapped up, this other song called Ghost Boy came on Spotify. And uh, and I, I just want to say, I felt like Ghost Boy saw his guitar. Like, I don't know if he was actually recording the guitar work or not, or he's just getting a different sample. But I felt like Peep, even in his short time on this earth after the album came out, continued to refine his sound continued to kind of smooth out the edges a little bit and by the time i heard ghost boy i was like this feels like a significant step up in my opinion um so i would probably suggest awful things as a song that i liked but i just i really want to reiterate that this was kind of not my vibe overall um milo what do you think about awful things yeah awful things is a let play pretty much every song on this album is a let play as I mentioned before, it, it's, it goes by so fast and the music is low quality, but it's not, it's not torturing you to listen to it. So I would let this one play. This song is the hook. So the hook that Alan mentioned, the bother me, tell me awful things is pretty much all you hear throughout the song. There's some deviation from that. I mean, I'd go, it kind of feels like this album was an experimentation with just making hooks and then there was supposed mm. to be more content, but just mm. never got added because I don't know. They decided to, point, to be it. honest. Yeah. And this isn't the song. Is this the one with the feet? Is Lil Tracy on this? I don't think yeah, Lil Tracy is on this. Yeah, yeah, this, this is, is the one Tracy. with Lil Tracy. Yeah. yeah. So this is the one feature out of the whole album. I didn't even realize there was a feature until I saw the name. So the first time I listened to this album, I listened to Awful Things, thought it was just Lil Peep. Although he's Gustav, by the way, I just want to point that out. This man's name is Gustav. He's like half Swedish. Anyway, so Gustav, Gustav saying, I thought it was him all the way through. And then I realized there was a feature. So the feature didn't really add anything to the song. It didn't bring anything new or fresh to it. The music, I'm not going to describe what the music sounds like on every song throughout this. This should just be enough. It's pretty much just a gritty guitar loop and heavy drums over it with the 808s and hi-hats. That's, that's basically it for the music. So as far as the content, I don't really know what would be a selling point of the song. As I said, I wouldn't recommend this. I wouldn't cue this up. It's just a song about like a love song to a girl. I guess he really wants to stay in his life. But I mean, even that's not, I wouldn't say listen to it because of that. Mark? Yeah, so this song to me, this is not one of my favorite Peep songs by me. It's not even close to my favorite song on this project. But I do think this was probably almost his most commercial song by far. This sounds like uh, Blake 182 mixed with Lil Wayne or something like that. Like, like I thought, I what I thought Peep did most successful than any other song Cloud artist, in my opinion, is blend the elements of uh, emo pop punk and soundcloud trap together i thought a lot of people tried to do that i thought by far he was the best at doing that specific sound and a lot of it really sounds like emo pop punk but then with those the way the 808s and lyrically it's a little more trappish and so i thought this was really good and that hook too is was really catchy to me i um it kind of gets me in the zone Lil tracy's part i actually like more than Lil peeps part Lil Tracy, I think, is not a good artist. Usually when I hear his music, I think it's pretty trash. But for whatever reason, whenever he does a song with Lil Peep, not only do I like his part, I typically like it more than Lil Peep's. 
for whatever reason, they're like Batman and Robin when they make music together. They have hella songs together, and I usually love them. Um, but on this, I really like Lil Tracy's part. Um, I thought it was just... He always has really stupid lyrics, and they're not really great, but something about his voice, the kind of roughness of his vocal worked with my ear to where... I know, he's like... He's like it, so, it sounds like he's really high. Like, it sounds like he's really gone and trying to, like, muster up the energy to, like, mumble. Like, uh, take off your favorite dress, lay your head on my chest. Like, it sounds bad, but it, for whatever reason, it fucking works. And it just hits with, like, Peep's hook. And I don't know. I like it. That's all I can say. Um, once again, not my favorite track on this by any means. But I do think this is most the most commercial pop punk track. So if I was going to show somebody this album, and specifically a single off this album, I'm showing them awful things. Yeah, see that part you just quoted? I just thought that was Lil Peep using a different voice, like a Kendrick mm. Lamar type deal. Mm. He has like different personalities. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. That's, that's Tracy. They were best friends at one point. Okay. And then there was beef that happened. But yeah. Um. Milo, any song that you like the most on this? The only thing I'll give the first track. I'll give the first track that that honor, I guess, because and it's only for the hook that he used. I really liked it. The little boy peep with the goth boy fit. Like, that's the most memorable hook off of this. Like, even when I was going about my day doing running my errands and stuff that was running through my head because it it's an earworm. And I think that's a pretty good quality for a song to have because even people don't remember like your verses and stuff, or maybe even the music, if you can get that line stuck in their head, they'll, they, they might come back to it. It was a solo song, no features on it. It was basically, it sounded a lot like he was talking about just people trying to like, you know how you get rich. And then there are those friends who all of a sudden want to ride your coattails. That sounded like the point of the song. So that was cool. As I said, though, I'm not going to go out of my way to, go back and listen to this track but i let it play alan yeah uh, the hook didn't work for me quite as well as it did for you it's i, I don't know it's hard i don't know i don't want to just keep ripping into this but i feel like every song i'm going to be kind of criticizing the same way like a big a big question for me is like does the hook hit and for me just for me when it's really basic like like with limousine tints you can suck my dick friend switch up when you in a ben's truck always want to fuck tell a bitch good luck like i'm i'm kind of the old man who when we listen to a normal rap album i'm complaining about that and for me this doesn't it didn't really have the you know at least with at least with drake at least for the future i'm getting when they do lines like that i'm at least getting some like very like studio quality production, you know, but when I said that it felt like the same drum sample was used through the entire 23 minutes of the album, it's, it's hard for me to like give, to give it even the credit of a, like a way too sexy, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm tired. I'm, I apologize, Mark. I'm, bring down the vibe of your birthday podcast i, <laughs> I don't know. it wasn't for me why don't you go um this song is not was also not for me uh bench truck part one was the first song i ever heard from little peep and i did not listen to him for like another year after that <laughs> like i hated bench truck part one when i first saw the music video i like this like a trash and then year, uh, like a year or two later he died and i heard another song from him that i ended up liking and then i fell in love with them but Ben Shrug and Ben Shrug part two are just not my favorite songs from Peep I do like the hook on this a little bit more Milo I do agree with you Lil Bo Peep with a brand new bitch in the back of the club with the cowboy yeah. like it's just kind of like it's just it has a little like fun little bounce to it that I like um but overall I am a person that really has an emotional connection with people once again and this is why this track didn't do anything for me there's not a single lyric in this track that I really vibe with um when there's other lyrics from peep tracks that like theoretically i would get tattooed on me that's how much i like them i mean i wouldn't ever but you know the idea and so um this for me was just yeah i thought this was also not a good intro um if i was going to intro for a peep album this was not it 
um, Come Over When You're Sober Part 2, Peep's first posthumous album, I thought had a 10 times better intro, one of his best, actually. I was going to pick that one, but I didn't want to pick a posthumous album for Peep. I wanted to pick one he actually did. But um, even though I do like actually Part 2 probably a little bit more. Um, so here's a song I really like off this project. And here's the one I think is a little more diverse or probably the most diverse if you had to pick one for this whole album. And that's You Said. Um, which is exactly, I think, midway through is track four on the album. So exactly midway through the album, you get, you said, what I really, really like about this is, um, so it starts with some guitar strumming, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but then the fucking beat drops and the way Peep sings, I don't know. It sounds beautiful to me. Like it, I know it's like overrated, but it almost sounds like angelic. It sounds like this fucking emo fucking junkie angel that is just singing about like his drug use and you know heartbreak and for whatever reason my eyes are like locked and i can't take them off and just the way he does it running away from you takes time and pain and now even want to so i'm getting high all week without you popping pills thinking of like that shit is just it just gets like fucking stuck in my head and i'll be thinking about that shit for hours and so I read this is one of my favorite hooks. Um, and then um, midway through the song, it switches to part two of the song. So it kind of does this like weird little transition. And then he does this like really screaming vocal where he screams, sometimes life gets fucked up. That's why we get fucked up. Um, I can still fear your touch. I still do those same drugs. And I don't know, during that time was when I was like really, really, really a lot more like smoking weed that I typically did and I was out in Boston and I was listening to the song and just like a lot of things are going on in my life and then that line just sometimes life gets fucked up that's why we get fucked up especially for us millennials where it's like we're looking at climate change about to end shit we're looking at billionaires getting bigger than ever we're just looking at all this shit where life just looks like it's just so fucking boom and now covid and so I don't know it just really that line really hit to me and just overall there's different um lines in this song that i kind of like but yeah i really just had a vibe with this song that felt good to me Milo, yeah this song is a borderline skip and it's because of the hook like i'd still let it play but that i wish i didn't do a lot of the shit i do yeah it's just <laughs> not working for me mm-hmm. i need you to tighten it up baby <laughs> come on it, I don't, it wasn't, I didn't, that just really bothered me. And the content of what he's saying in that line bothers me as well. If we rewind back to the Faces podcast we did, I didn't like that song Wedding, where oh, no. Mac Miller was describing his really toxic relationship that involved a lot of drug use between him and this young woman. Lil Peep, because he's not the best lyricist, doesn't give us as much detail and description and I feel that if he, he if he had, it would have been basically wedding, but it was it was giving very much wedding. The second half isn't doesn't focus on that, though. The second half is more about what Mark was talking about, just coping via heavy drug use. And he even mentions it's like one line, but he talks about being abused. And this is why I kind of wish like this song, this album wasn't just so hooked focused, because if he just fleshed out a little more of these stories we'd have a lot more interesting content content to talk about. And I wouldn't have to go to his Wikipedia page to read about it myself. Like, tell me in your art. So, and the music sounds pretty much the same. Alan, maybe you have a more or less positive take on this? Yeah, I actually want to shout out the, it's not even a beat switch, really. It's almost like a part two of the song where after the bridge, it like he gets into that screaming part. And that was good. Yeah, to me, it was like both the one of the highlights of the album and also the most ambitious thing Lil Peep does on this album, where in the beginning, I was like, like the guitars on the beginning really feel like this is. Well, it reminded me of like, like a grunge style guitar that you would hear off of like Nevermind by Nirvana. Yeah, like, like, honestly, that's that's the vibe I was getting. And I, I mean, honestly, the song would not have stuck out to me if it was just like a minute and a half. And after the bridge, the song just ended. But I do want to give little Pete props on this, that going to that screaming section and switching up the instrumental 
I think serves the song well. And I think uh, this is one of the, I would say that Mark, this is a great choice for like a good deep cut. Um, so I actually respect this song a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Milo, yeah, you are right in the verse after the beat switch, he says, um, uh, what have you been through? She asked me every fucking kind of abuse is what yeah. he responds with. Um, and yeah, I get what you say about the toxic relationship in the bridge. He says, I wish I didn't have a heart to love you. I wish I didn't play a part to break you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I didn't do a lot of the shit I do. That's why and I was I getting those wedding vibes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I get it. Um, and once again, this is about the emotional connection for Peep. At the time, I was going through shit to where it's just I felt like I was in a lot to blame for a relationship that went really sour at the time. And so it's just, once again, just being able to... And you said something that usually is a negative, but I think is why what helped Peep kind of get so big. So with Mac Miller on Faces... Like, I mean, to be honest, they're talking about a lot of the same shit, but uh, Mac just from like a more wealthy perspective, but they're talking both about drug use and relationships a lot um, and suicidal feelings and shit uh, and just coping with life. But Mac is doing it way more eloquently, way more all trickster wise. Peep is once again putting it in like nursery rhyme sayings. Like shit is just super simple, little catchy, and it's just pushing a feeling. And I think that's why it was able to hook so many fucking people, dude. Like his documentary came out at movie theaters and they had to do an extended release because like people kept wanting to see that shit. Like he's just an interesting character. And I think people could feel his pain really easily. And people who felt that same type of pain or whatever just vied with it. And like he didn't have to put it like super eloquently. He was just very simple. Like, I don't know. It's very kiddish, but I don't know. It worked. That's, I think that's a great point. I kind of want to reiterate that, you know, if we compare this stuff to Faces by Mac Miller, an album that I think hit me like in a much more impactful way than this, but the appeal of Lil Pete very much is that kind of whoever you are, like his general sense of sadness and empathy really can hit a bunch of different people. And sometimes if you're, really in a dark place you don't you know you don't really want to just like listen to faces five times like all the way through to like understand exactly what mac miller is saying but just like that first initial listen is going to grab you and i think that's the appeal of little peep it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't really do that for me especially i'm 20 i'm 28 now and i was about 20 25 or 24 when this actually dropped and i heard this song like for the first time and already by that time it kind of like i think i kind of like didn't fit that demo perfectly but i don't that's why i don't want to just like sit on this as kind of like a low effort thing because i i do want to like like i see little peeps impact you know and like now i see other people copying little peep in ways like that stupid fucking g easy album i feel like was massively influenced by this. Yeah, to be honest. Like, clearly for me. To be honest. (laughs) Gillum and Gustav. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oh, yeah, and, like, to remind everyone, he made all this while he was, like, 19 and 20. He died at 21. I think he had almost, like, juice. He had basically just turned 21. Um, And uh, he died, actually, while the tour for this album, the Come Over Winter Sober Tour. So he was on tour promoting that album, and he died three months into the tour um and well, i was gonna say fun fact it's not really a fucking fun fact but i got invited to go see the show <laughs> you know, laughing Milo. <laughs> um but yeah i actually got invited to go see him on tour when he went came through boston uh and i said no for various reasons one i just wasn't a fan of him as an artist I, once again i'd heard on one song bench truck wasn't a fan so uh when a friend invited me i just was like ah, i think i'm gucci you know whatever and then two weeks later he died he overdosed on tour um he had xanax that was placed with fentanyl um you can watch the whole thing in this documentary if you guys we've mentioned multiple times that peep is an interesting character beyond his music if you're at all at all interested in 
how he got this way and why he became this way. His documentary on Netflix is called actually On the Bright Side, I believe. Um, but his documentary on Netflix is amazing. It's really good. Um, it got released in theaters and you can now watch on Netflix for free. So I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, uh, another song. I mean, we already did half the songs down there. Uh, another song I really like is Save That Shit. So I think, I don't know. Uh, maybe Milo, you might be can check Spotify, but Save That Shit, I do know is one of the most popular songs off this. It's one that people like a lot. Um, I think it's this is probably the most typical trappish off here on the whole album. There's very much the typical trap drums, uh, and even the kind of flow for my life. Can't say that girl, don't tell me you can say that shit. Like he just kind of does this flow back and forth while rapping this. Um, lyrically, it's heartbreak yet flexing at the same time type shit um i like it a lot i think the beat of it just hits really hard but i 100 understand if neither of you like the song to any degree whatsoever but i just think it hits hard and it's just really fun to listen to um alan yeah um it <laughs> i don't have too much too much written i i'm not not a fan of this one this one like you said really feels mm -hmm. If you took this out of the album and I didn't know his name was like Lil Peep, mm -hmm. I would have said that this was like a, like he's an emo rock SoundCloud band. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I would have like put him, like if you had told me like Alan class of put this artist in a genre, mm -hmm. I would put him in pop punk and I would not like associate with like rap in any way. Well, I guess actually the drums mm -hmm. on, on the other tracks, but I would, I would say Lil Peep to me more feels like, like a band, like mm -hmm. a like an emo rock band. This one, like you said, is closer to trap, but it's I don't know. Like I trap to me is like drinking water. You just I hear so much of it. I just kind of it's just kind of what it is, you know. Not my favorite, Milo. Yeah, I don't have much to add. It's a let play. The hook is the point of the song. Mark already did it. That, uh, that style. It also is an earworm. The cadence that he uses for that. No features or anything. Still solo. And basically, so yeah, the the lyrical content I got off of got off of it was uh, like yeah, basically heartbreak and flexing. And the line he says that made me think of that was something like, "I could not. I'm not like these other guys, girl. I can make you rich. Something to that effect." Nothing like, these, nothing like them other motherfuckers. I can make you rich. I can make you this, baby. I can make you that. There we go. There we go. Yeah. But that's about all I'd have to add. In a trap sense, he uh, he's really learning from future. He's <laughs> a really, really good trap kind of ethos there. Starts with, fuck my life can't save that girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, future would be proud. Oh, I thought the line was... Uh, can't say that girl like you can't say that to me but i didn't yeah i didn't realize it was safe i can't say yeah they can both be pretty toxic either way. <laughs> either, either way, the toxic um uh we did bench talks hey that's shit awful things you said so the only two left we didn't do are actually the last three so five track five and six so track five better off dying I think is personally a skip to me. It's pretty much the only skip on the album for me. It just, I don't know. It's, it's boring to me. I don't like it really. Um, I, I don't like the instrumental of it. His singing's fine. I think just the instrumental bores me. Uh, if you have to have anything you like about it or really don't like, feel free to mention it. But yeah, so the last three songs are very eerie. Because what we have here is someone foreshadowing their death, dying. And then there's a song that hints toward the implications of the circumstances of that death. Let me explain. And Better Off Dying, if you listen to the lyrics, it very much sounds like he knew he was going to die young. Like he says to his girlfriend in so many words, I'm not going to make it. I know I'm not going to make it. Then in the song after that, the bright side he says quote everyone telling me not to but i'm gonna try i'm getting high tonight end quote the circumstances of his death 
a guy went to check on him because he's taking a nap, checked on him twice. He couldn't wake up, checked on him the third time he had he had overdosed on fentanyl. And you said he was that was on tour for this album with these words in that song. Knowing knowing he was going to get high before going on stage and then he dies from that overdose. And then at the end of it all, you have problems where he says, and I made a deal with the devil. Full stop. Like that's a ghost story. These three tracks together. Damn, I didn't are realize a that. Ghost story. You could make a, a horror film off of this. Like mm-hmm. the spirit of Lil Peep. If you play them, <laughs> if you play the album, you'll be dead in seven days or something along those lines. Yeah, no, that's it's airy. And I've said the same thing about so you could say this exact same thing about both Lil Peep and Juice World, right? The exact same thing. I mean, to a T. Both of them have lyrics from the previous album where they are multiple times mentioning these drugs are going to kill me. These drugs are going to take my life away from me. They're the only thing that helped me cope, but I can't stop getting high and I it's going to be the end of me. It's going to I know it will. And it's one of those things where it's just kind of like it's not for me. I see it not as much as like a. Uh, you know, future telling, which I mean, I'm not saying either of you do, but like, I see it more so of like, it's kind of like someone who uh, is a, um, a stunt man saying one day these stunts are going to be the death of me. You're like, yeah, likely they're dangerous. <laughs> it makes sense. And so it's the same with little people in Jewish world. Like, is it a, is it a suicidal thing? Yes. And no, I don't think like, I, I don't think either time when, I don't think when Juice died or people died, either time they were trying to kill themselves at that moment. I think overall, there's a very suicidal feeling they have of life is pain and I don't want to be here. Some of you drugs to cope, but you keep fucking around with drugs. You're going to get shit that's laced or you're going to have too much. One, the two. And for Peep, it was laced shit. For Juice, it was just too much. And they both ended up dying from it. And so, um, yeah, you watch the Peep documentary, they give you a lot more detail on it. And it's, yeah, honestly, it's, it's really sad. And on my opinion, really hard to watch. Um, but yeah, he's very, very, very open about how he's feeling about this. Um, he just feels like he's better off dying and he just can't stop doing cocaine and yeah, that was the lyrics in Better Off Dying. And the bright side, you had a lyric you mentioned, Milo, that I really liked, where he says, um, everybody telling me life's short, but I want to die. Uh, that feeling of like, yeah, dude, you're only 19. You're only like, you know, 20, whatever. Like, you know, you need to be careful when you do this. And he's like, I don't really give a fuck. I'm only 19 and I already don't want to be here anymore. Uh, and I just rather get high in order to, pretend i'm not here and yeah it's just kind of really sad to constantly hear this especially on a song called the bright side you know um and i don't know mark good oh, and actually hold on i want to let alan go before i even say anything oh yeah it's i mean i, I share those same sent- sentiments with you guys it's it's just kind of tragic to look back at and you can tell you can tell someone's really kind of kind of like really getting into the worst of it when when they're not really even saying the drugs are fun but when they it kind of crosses over to just like hey this is kind of just who i am and this is kind of just what i use to help me fucking cope it's going to be a problem for me like the way that like i kind of saw this like we mentioned mac miller earlier mm-hmm. and that's that's the artist who this kind of thing well him and juice really were the two who well mac mac especially i will say was someone who got famous like as a senior in high school you know he had that big single there was a song called senior skip day that came out my senior year of high school and so for me like looking back and like hearing this it makes me think of kurt cobain it makes me think of mac miller who was like the artist who i always felt like was kind of the guy for me where he doesn't like mac never looked like like a big gangster rapper right but he just made in the beginning he was just making songs like senior skip day donald trump like that were just about having fun and kind of seeing his downfall from that and this gave me a lot of the same kind of sad similar vibes but um i don't know it's i'll be honest like i've already said that none of this none of these songs really hit for me and that's especially true i don't really have anything written for the pat for like the last three songs, but 
damn, like, I don't know. I don't really have, I don't really know what else to say, man. It just sucks to look back at. Anyway, you were going to say, Milo? I'm just wondering what, what more he could have said for you to see. Because I, I I hear these songs and it sounds a lot like I don't like Jesus levels of foreshadowing. Like I'll be delivered to the chief scribes and the Pharisees. I will die and be back in three days. Mm-hmm. I'll be after being crucified. Like that's what, obviously he wasn't trying to save people's souls, but it doesn't sound like he was talking about. I'm just gonna die as like maybe a matter of coincidence. It's like it very much sounded like he knew his fate was sealed and his days were numbered. I mean, think about it. Especially since he he died, like, the night that he was going to be singing these words on stage to people. Well, I mean, (laughs) if you want to get trippier the day before, actually, it was either the day before or the same day. It's one of the two. He went on Instagram and he posted uh, how he feels no one truly cares about him, how no one truly loves him, and he feels all alone, and he hates life, and he doesn't want to be here. And he posted on Instagram either that same day or the day before. It was crazy. And so then for him to overdose the next day was like, fuck, bro. Like he went once again, laced or not, motherfuckers popping pills nonstop and he knows they're going to kill him. Um, there's It's the saddest thing. But if you watch the documentary, there's this part where his manager is like trying to uh, stop him from taking this like Percocet or whatever. And little peeps like, no, I'm going to do it or whatever. And this man's just trying Everyone to stop him. telling me not to. There's a scene where little people literally runs into the bathroom and locks the door behind him in order to take the drug, pops it in his mouth. And then he goes on stage and he's fucking out cold, like on stage, just holding a mic mumbling and like almost falls over and then has to like snap back into it. And it's just like, fuck, bro. Like, this is why his mom is currently suing the record label for saying you guys uh, not only encourage his drug use, but you're actually you were actually supplying him drugs in order to keep him moving when he said he didn't want to keep touring. So, well, OK, I don't know about just the enabling, but definitely I was kind of wondering, like. It's like this dude, it's like when rappers confess to crimes in their rap songs, like, yo, I killed a man on Fifth Street, da da da. Mm-hmm. And he basically tell you, yeah, you, they did the murder, but we're all just like jamming to it in the club. Like, this man is mm-hmm. kind of telling us in no certain words, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to do mm-hmm. it, guys. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's just little P, you know. He's just <laughs> a sad boy. And I, if I were his mom, <laughs> I'd be like, did you not listen to him? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I would say, go down. I was just going to say that you can't there's so especially during this era I think there was so much like even talking about your own death due to drugs is a very common theme that actually that it's hard to I it's hard for me to look back at these lyrics and say well why didn't anyone why didn't anyone act why didn't this cuz I it's just it's weird for me because I I hear so much of that music, and then it's easy to look back after his death and be like, how did we not see this coming? But this was this was kind of his brand, so I'm a little I'm a little torn on how like it seems it very clearly seems like a call for help, which it probably was. Like looking back in 2022 about it, uh, but it's it's all I don't know I. I don't even know what I'm trying what I'm trying to say. I just like, like I don't hold any responsibility towards like myself, any of like Peep's fans really, just for like not intervening in some way because this is a very common theme in music and it's like it's sad that music and rap props up drug use so heavily. But I I don't know. It's because I know a lot of rappers who fucking rap about using a lot of drugs and shit and like you know danny brown is still alive Mm -hmm. and if danny brown was to die we would say like you know he's making songs about drugs all the time like danny brown's music a lot more fun than little peeps in my opinion Mm -hmm. Uh, well maybe not off atrocity exhibition but if danny brown was to die i might view that album a little differently for example where that's whole just like a long narrative about like staying in your apartment for weeks on end doing drugs and it, i don't know it's i'm i'm left feeling really conflicted with milo what you're bringing up just that like yeah this clearly 
is a problem. But I don't think you could go to someone in 2017 and be like, Lil Peep, this is like Lil Peep is going to die based on his words. You know what I mean? It's like you said, you said it like it's, it's very, it's his brand. So yeah. to take to the only example I can think of right now is the boondocks with gangs delicious. Like he was on stage. His brand is I'm a gangster. I shoot people. I'm a thug. You know, I got the nines and the, th- the 38s all day. So when he got shot on stage, he goes, I got shot. And everybody's just like, Oh yeah, I got shot. <laughs> yeah. But, because that's yeah. his brand. But they, they didn't realize like, no, 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 no. This is for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, I don't know. It's, it's, I just don't want to like, like, it's, it's obviously very sad. I just don't want to put any, like, I don't feel like anyone necessarily needs to feel guilty about Lil Peep, is I think what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm right. I agree with both of you fully. So I think Alan, yes, it's his brand, 100%. But Milo, I also agree his, his brand was very true to who he was. He is yeah. a, junkie using drugs to cope with pain of him not wanting to be here and he realizes oh this is also monetizable and so he's gonna make money and get rich and support his family and friends while also still in pain he, he mentions at one point the uh, interviewer asked him and like i think the documentary you can see an interviewer asked him like have you do you feel better now are you like less depressed or anything like that now that like you're famous and people love you and whatnot and he's like no, I actually I use more drugs now. Um, he's like, I get way more anxious and I can't bear it. I want to throw up every time I go on stage. So I just start popping Xanax before I go on stage and I'm doing this and this. And he's just constantly like, like the fame only made it worse. And so um, it just really heightened the drug use at one point of just how much he just could not deal with that. And his friends were using him. Um, Golf Boy Click, we mentioned, like, were using him. He moved to London, like, a few months before this album dropped, just to get away from all the bad shit that was happening to him in L.A. But, yeah, it was just, like, really, really, really tough for him. And so I do think that he was talking about his own death and predicting it. But also, Alan, that's part of the whole fucking brand he had been doing for years. And, like, that's literally the genre of music he was in. So, like... No matter how crazy something is you say, if you say it at a place where that's the norm, no one's going to look twice about it. Like, if he was just walking up to people and saying this shit, they're like, oh, what the fuck? But if you're saying it at an emo rap concert where everyone's wearing, like, Slipknot t-shirts and, you know, falling in reverse shit, and, like, you have all these people who are also feeling this emo way, like, it's just nothing stands out about it. It's, oh, this is, it's bad, but it's the norm. And so I agree with you that really there's no one to blame, in my opinion. But at the same time, he was very obviously calling out for help. It's like it's not even a question. It's not even a debate. Yeah. Like He was very obviously calling out for help. But at the same time, like, hey, his calling is what made money. And so let's keep him doing this. Yeah. And Milo, I don't want to make it sound like I was disagreeing with you because I, I actually fully agree with you. Looking back at these lyrics, like in light of his death. It's like really tragic. Um, the main thing I just want to hammer home is that I hope no one, I hope no one really feels guilty about the way that it went down. Like they had some kind of responsibility because ultimately, you know, the drugs you use are your own choice. And I don't know. Again, still just feeling really conflicted about this album. You know. Yeah, we think we finished the album. Um, like I said, if you're really way more interested in just learning more about Lil Peep, I do think his documentary does pretty good and actually takes you like a pretty decent overview from his life. Um, in a really good way. I, I think it's a pretty good documentary. And so you can check it on Netflix. I believe it's on the bright side. If you just type in Lil Peep, you'll find it though. Um, let's do our spice meter So for this album... Uh, I will give this a spicy. Um, I thought, I just, I had never really heard Emo Trap done this well yet. This was the first time I heard it done this well. Um, Once again, if you don't like Trap a lot, typically you're probably not going to like the Emo Trap. And so I really like the Trap sound a lot. And I've mentioned multiple times, I have no problem with monotonous drum loops if the shit slaps. Like you can have the same 808 pattern throughout every song. If it slaps, I'm with it. 
uh, and I actually prefer albums that have a very, very, very consistent sound, way more than a diverse sound. I mean, if you could pull off a, diver- a diverse sounding album, props to you. That's really hard. That's why I rather listen to something less hard but more sonically pleasing. And for me, that's very lullaby, <laughs> nursery rhyme with 808s in the background and emo lyrics. So this album was literally like a perfect stir up of what I would want, even though there are songs on here I don't like, but it's a perfect stir up of the type of sound I really enjoy, which is why for me, and I had never heard it before, which is why for me, this gets a spicy. Alan? Yeah, I'll be honest. This is not not spicy for me. I didn't really like listening to this album that much. Um, Little Peep, very interesting person. It, then I just, I'll be honest, I don't like the music, and it's just simple as that. Milo, I am reluctant to do this, but I'm going to give this album a kind of spicy. And the reason I'm reluctant isn't because of all the criticisms I had in my intro and all that. I'm reluctant because. The reason I'm giving it a kind of spicy is only true because of his death, which makes me wonder, like, was it actually a good piece of art or not? So I think that this album has a lot to contribute to the conversation surrounding artists, drug use and suicide and depression, especially with those last three tracks. I think that listening to this album is a very thought provoking experience if you if it's a supplement to a discussion about mental health issues and drug use. And it's, I mean, I'd say that's a pretty successful work of art if you can contribute to helping people understand those sorts of issues in society. So I would give it a kind of spicy on those grounds. I like that perspective, actually. That's cool. Uh, Two tracks for the playlist. Uh, For me, if I'm picking, it's going to be You Said and Save That Shit. Problems is a banger, though, too, but you said I didn't save that shit. Alan? Um, it's, you know, I, I've said my piece. You said and save that shit. Mark, happy birthday. I'm willing to um, give my votes to what you're liking. Uh, Milo? Okay, so I'm not going to do Ben's truck because I know I would not be able to convince Mark of, of, of that. And I was wondering why neither of you said awful things, but that's one of like the lead singles. You said that was one of the Yeah, it is the lead single. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. People already know about that. The second best the song with the second best catchy hook is Save That Shit. So that's going on. And then you said is the two parter. Yeah. So that's the most more diverse song on the album. So it makes sense. I agree. Hey. All right. So we'll throw those. (laughs) Yeah, we'll throw those onto the album appetizers playlist. Uh, I apologize for kind of being a shock, not what we prepped you for in the last episode, but having that same conversation about Kendrick Lamar, his, his impact and his, like his listenership kind of looking very white over the years and not really, and kind of even as a larger someone like Tyler has commented on how his, his audience just tends to get wider and wider. And as, his music gets farther away from being, you know, what early OF was. It he starts to see these like the Anthony Fantano types and all the like the nerdy music people who really get into his like later Igor type shit, you know? So we'll be talking about that next week. I hope that you liked our discussion. If you're a fan of Lil Peep, uh, I'm sorry I didn't fuck with this more than I did, but I definitely understand the impact. So have a great week, guys, and we'll be back next week. Also, follow us on Twitter if you have not. Uh, Hungry Hip Hop Pod. We're blowing it up on the Twitter sphere. You know, Fantano retweeted us for about that live. So follow us on Twitter. In case you're wondering who it is out here ratioing <laughs> these nerds, it's, uh, it's your boy Alan, by the way. Peace. Hi, y'all. Peace.